Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So Annabelle's still out on maternity leave and I am speaking to you this week from Chicago where I've come to visit my in-laws for American Thanksgiving. And I'm sitting in the studios of, I want to say WBEZ because I'm oh, British. Oh, of course you do. Um, but I think maybe even people who listen to podcasts, they will be so familiar with WBEZ from the beginning mm-hmm. of This American Life. that mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know if it's pretentious or not for me to say Z as a British person. I, I have no idea. I can't, I can't tell you. I prefer Z. I love it. Because it sounds quaint to you, I guess, right? Exactly. In some, in yeah. Way. So I don't know. To imagine you with your British accent sounding pretentious, saying "z" is just like unfathomable it's a difficult to thing. me. Yeah. I am with Greta Johnson, host of Nerdette, which is a podcast which is produced here at WBEZ. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to do this with me this week. It was, oh, it was very thank gracious you. of you. I kind of have no idea what's about to happen, but I look forward to it. Great, great. Me, me either <laughs> to a large extent. Um, uh, so we are. If I can set the scene, we yeah. are on a pier in downtown Chicago. It's kind of like a very touristy area, and yet there's this classy radio station right here in the middle of it. It is. We actually had guests on Nerdette recently. They were on their way to the station, and it was like 10 minutes before the interview was scheduled, and I got a call on my cell phone, and it was one of the guests, and she said, I'm standing next to a Ferris wheel. I can't possibly be in the right place. (laughs) It's like, no, just keep walking. You're here. But like Nerdette, I guess it's mixing the high culture and the low culture. I guess so, yeah. I mean, we like to think that you can be a nerd about anything. It's about your level of excitement as opposed to whether it's calculus or Doctor Who or, you know, it's anything under the sun. It's just about how excited you are about it. So I took an Uber here um, from from the uh, train station. Mm -hmm. Um, And I suppose the first thing I was going to ask you is how, how is your small talk with Uber drivers? Oh, man, that's such a good question. It depends very much on mm. just, like, my overall state of being that day. Sometimes, like, I shut it down. Right, because I, I, I find it impossible to shut it down, even though eight right. out of ten times I don't want a chat. Yeah. So what's what your advice for doing that? My advice for doing I mean, if you don't want to talk, just don't talk. You know, even if they ask you a question, like one word answers usually do the trick. So you have such self-esteem that you're not going around worrying about whether they think you're a terrible person or not. No. I mean, you asked me before we started recording who our next guest is on Nerdette. And we're talking with Margaret Atwood. 
And she has this whole thing about, like, you just shouldn't worry about being liked. Like, we don't have time for that anymore. And I think there is a balance to that, right? I mean, last week we talked to an actor who talked all about how we should be as kind as possible all of the time. But I think it's about, like, it's about the emotional energy that you have in that moment and where you want to spend it, you know? And if being quiet with the Uber driver means that you get to engage in a really lovely, rewarding conversation with your friend over dinner. Like, I think that's an okay balance. The, the bit that I was struggling to understand of what you just said was is not worrying about being liked. And when, <laughs> I, I, I'd say that's probably what I'm doing most of the time. Mm. And I, I don't really know what I would do with the time. Otherwise, I mean, you're a knitter. Maybe that's what you're yeah, using. Yeah, maybe that's what I I could take up knitting. On. You know, I mean, speaking of like Me Too and this whole harassment movement, that's what it's all about, right? Is like when someone says something really inappropriate to you, you're supposed to just smile and laugh it off. Yes. And I think I feel like I'm finally at this moment where like I'm not going to do that anymore. Have you always been like this? I don't know. I grew up in Alaska, which maybe has something to do with it. Right. No nonsense. No nonsense. Yeah, I think. So what's your, what's but, your, what's your inner monologue saying now? Right now, yeah. I wonder if I'm coming off as an asshole. Right. I mean, sure, <laughs> so, sure. Uh, but I think our interaction has been has been good so far. Yeah, right? absolutely. This is great. I, I think we're I think we're off to a good start, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Your Let's body go. language is a little close. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I will un- unfold my arms. <laughs> there are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sail is written G-L-A-P, which stands for GLAP, adrift. Okay, some email. This first one comes from Dennis, who says, Help! I park my car in one of town's only free parking spaces near to the train station. I get there early, 6.04am to be precise. A fellow traveller also parks up around the same time. He now insists on talking to me. (laughs) Now, I have no problems avoiding him as I can hide around the back of the station if I get there alone. But, and it's a big but, I think he's now waiting for me to get out of the car so he can walk up to the station with me. The other morning, he actually caught up with me as I darted quick sharp up the street. (laughs) I am a morning person. I have no problems waking up and getting on with stuff. But I don't want social interactions at that time in the morning. Plus, he's slightly boring in the sense that the conversation's repetitive. Do I get there earlier to be alone? Or do I play a game of blink with him and wait until he's gone and then walk? I can't get there later to avoid him as there are only a finite amount of parking spots. Uh, it feels like a weight on my chest having to be so nice so early on. Well, I think Greta, I mean, we, we know <laughs> what your response is going to be. You, you're going to say just blank him, ignore him, because we've, we've already ascertained that you're cold hearted. I actually think he should have a conversation with him about how he doesn't want to have a conversation with him. How would you, how would you do that then? I mean, I think to just say, listen, man, I haven't had my coffee yet. I really need this time to myself. But a precedent has been set. Yeah, but I, I think that's okay. You, like, would, you would say to a stranger, this relationship has been heading in the wrong direction. No, what if, I would... I, if we're I would, off on the wrong foot, we need to stop speaking to each other. No, I would advise a stranger to say to a stranger, <laughs> our relationship is off to the wrong foot. I mean, the going to, going to park a little earlier also seems like a pretty good reason, though those early morning minutes are worth more than normal minutes, I think. Yes, so I get that. But yeah, I don't I mean, if if it's actually filling him with dread, like I think there's got to be a reasonable way to just say, I'm sorry, I really don't feel like talking right now. 
I think I would rather get the train from a different station than, than have <laughs> yeah, to have that Yeah, maybe there's a, clo- an, a reasonably nearby station. Yeah. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> Uh, This one is from Paul Rowlandson, who says, A few years back, I went on a trip to Quito. I'm I'm not very good at um, any kind of Latin place name. So if there's anything uh, that you feel is awry, feel free to correct me. (laughs) Um, Quito in Ecuador. Ah, okay, thank Um, you. By that time, I'd learned enough Spanish to get by as a tourist, for example, ordering in a restaurant, talking about the weather, asking for directions to the library, etc. But this was my first time road testing it in a place where barely anyone spoke English. I spent the first day wandering around the capital city's centre, and by the afternoon, I started to get a bit overwhelmed, being jet-lagged, navigating around a new busy place, and constantly having to translate stuff was exhausting. At one point, I thought... I just want to go somewhere quiet where I don't have to think, listen or speak to anyone. Then I saw a museum and thought, perfect. I could just walk around in silence, staring at stuff for an hour and let my brain rest. (laughs) Unfortunately, the museum was not what I was expecting. It was a series of small, bare rooms. Each contained a single waxwork dummy of a famous historical person and a member of staff who would tell you a story about that person as people entered the room. And that's it. Maybe if I'd understood the information poster outside the museum, (laughs) then I might not have been so surprised by this or would have probably gone somewhere else. But if this wasn't bad enough, I was the only visitor there. So every member of staff directed their entire speech at me (laughs) and I didn't understand a word of any of it. I didn't want to let on and it would have been rude to just leave straight away. Plus I paid to get in. So I went into each room and stood there while each person spoke to me for five (laughs) minutes at a time. I nodded along politely and tried to guess what facial expressions would be most appropriate to pull at different points in each story. Once I visited all the rooms, I said gracias to the person on the door and left without a single clue about anything I'd seen. Still to this day, I have no idea what that museum was about. Wow, that's a nightmare. Well, what would you, I mean, I, I, I think any of us, even you in that situation, once you're in, you're in, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to get out of that one. And like the enthusiasm of the museum docent in a largely empty museum is unparalleled. Yes. Like you can't shut that down. What's the word docent? I believe so, how, yeah. How are you spelling that? D-O-C-E-N-T. This is, this is not one I've come across before. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the, you know, like the volunteers who are like the people with the information at museums. Custodians? Are they like custodians? I, 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 that is the person who cleans the museum in America. Two nations divided by a common <laughs> tongue as, uh, as frequently comes up in these situations. Uh, the final email for now comes from Martin Havel, who says, Hi, for the last six months, I've been working for a mobile phone provider. I'm 35 and I'm clear the oldest employee by about 12 years. One of my first few days at work, we had the radio playing. One of my cool, hip, 20-something-year-old colleagues asked me to Shazam this song. Mm. I paused for a moment, not wanting her to know that I didn't know what she was talking about. (laughs) After a few awkward seconds, I danced and said, yeah, I love Shazam, they're great. (laughs) I now know that Shazam is an app that identifies music. I still have nightmares about this. I mean, the trick is to not pretend, I guess, in this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I this is something that I need to get better at. But I think we all need to just ask questions when we don't know what something is. I think curiosity is a beautiful human trait. Like, like it's like what I, makes us all better humans. Like I did with the word docent exactly. just a few minutes yeah. ago. If you don't know what's going on, don't nod and smile and pretend like you do. Be like, what's that? Well, this is um, this is what we'd like. Any stories on kind of 
pretending to know what you're doing are always yeah, good. Uh, for sure. Uh, shyness is nice. Social interaction's gone awry. Uh, your terrible attempts at small talk. <laughs> things that still cause crippling pangs of anxiety decades later. Uh, and the lengths you've gone to to avoid something. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. It stresses me out just to hear that list. Adrift. Under your control. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Greta, yeah, your podcast that you co-host is Nerdette. Um, and you are of the opinion that nerd works as a verb as well as a noun. We are. To nerd out is the technical verb form. But it's kind of like I mentioned. I think it's about how excited you are about something as opposed to the thing itself. Mm. And so to that extent, you can really be a nerd about anything. And, and yeah, it's... Yeah, it's about the enthusiasm, not the experience. So so my question on that is, is there a point at which something is so mainstream that you can't really claim nerddom? Because I'm I'm this obsessive Beatles fan. Mm. But, you know, it's the biggest band in the world. I mean, right, can, can right. I really be a nerd if Beatles are my thing? I think you can. I think of myself as a Beatles nerd, for sure. And, you know, ask, I do... Ask, ask me a question. I do. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Beatles album? Well, as you know, there's only one answer to that question, and it's um, I can't answer that question. Some mm. days it's Revolver, and some days yeah. it's Abbey Road. But, you know, yeah, it, Revolver for me, there's always just a very special place in my heart for Revolver. How so? Well, it was the first album, Beatles album that I got, and I got it in fifth grade. And when I first started listening to it, I was like, "This is all pretty weird," but it just grew on me. And I think it's that perfect kind of middle. Like, it's not too psychedelic. There's still some poppy elements to it. Taxman is fun. But there's some weird shit on there, too. What's what's the most niche thing you've ever had anybody bring onto that podcast? Ooh, what's the most niche? We, we did a pretty great episode about ping pong a couple of years was ago. Was this off the back of the documentary about ping pong? It was not, no. It was with Will Shorts, who edits the New York Times crossword puzzle, which is in and of itself a very nerdy endeavor. And he went to college and, like, made up his own major in, I can't remember what the word is, but it's, like, the Latin word for puzzle studies, essentially. And and he went on to edit the New York Times. And now in his free time, like, the thing he really loves to do for fun when he's not making this crossword puzzle is ping pong. But what I really love about that is that, like, yes, he's obviously a puzzle nerd. But what we're going to talk to him about is the fact that he's a ping pong nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's always strange to me that there are things that it's acceptable to be nerdy about. So there will be people who know every football player who's mm-hmm. played for their team since the 50s. And, you know, they'll go to every match and they'll know all the statistics and things. And that's OK to be nerdy about. <laughs> but if you're nerdy about ping pong, there's something off about you. But it's, it's all the same thing, right? Yeah, I like to think that it's OK to be nerdy about everything. The sports nerd thing actually is one that I think still kind of confuses people. The idea that if you're a jock, because, you know, often the dichotomy is jock versus nerd. Did you self-identify as a nerd as a high school pupil? Did I self-identify? Yes. I mean, suppose I'm asking which member of the Breakfast Club were you in a round, roundabout. Right. Kind of- I have seen approximately 10 movies in my life. So, like, all uh, the movie references I just don't get. The, the, we need to we need to delve deeper into this. You, you were you were a reader. You <laughs> enjoyed reader. television. Yeah. What's what's going on with film? Well, we my when I grew up, my dad did not believe like he thought movies were a waste of time. Part of it, I think, is when I was in third grade, we moved from Alaska to Minnesota, and that's when my brother and I learned what cable was because cable TV just like literally didn't exist in Alaska in right. the eighties. And so I remember we had a family meeting where we were like, we're going to ask the parents for cable. And 
We all sat down and we made the proposal. And my dad said, okay, well, cable television costs $30 a month, which, you know, now it's like $100 or whatever. Um, Cable television costs $30 a month. We can get cable TV or I will give each of you $15 a month for books. And my brother and I were like, oh, my God, we'll take the books. Like, there was no question that, like, of course we wanted the books. Wow. So, yeah, it was just like, it was just never a thing. Is the cinema a horrible experience for you? No, it's not that. No, I don't mind it. So I don't, I don't like the going past people's knees to get oh, in and out of yeah, the aisle. Oh, yeah, weird. And I have a very weak bladder, so I'm going mm. at least once during a film. <laughs> at least once? At least once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I never, ever see a film without taking a toilet break. But... Yeah, no, I usually go to the bathroom, but, like, more than once? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be somebody who would be a perfectly comfortable shusher at the cinema. <laughs> like, given everything else we've learned about you, shushing <laughs> wouldn't be something that bothers you. Uh, I... I like that you think that about me. I usually shush in my own head. I usually just get really mad on my own. Internal. Which is something that I'm trying to work through in my own life. In therapy? (laughs) No, just in my head. Um, not getting mad about things that are outside my control. Nerdette is out weekly? Nerdette is out weekly, yep. Uh, And your next episode is? Is with Margaret Atwood. This is very exciting. It is exciting. She's one of the best. We'll talk more about that later. Good. Drift to Floyd and Annabelle Port. Drift. It's at this point in the podcast that I will um, plug our Patreon page, patreon.com stroke drift. If you um, if you would like to support us with a small financial donation, we would appreciate that greatly. Can you tell how un- uncomfortable I am with this? <laughs> you got to do it, man. But you, you're so good. So you, you are both uh, a podcaster and you work within the American public radio mm-hmm. system. And it's second nature to you people. Yes, it really is. Yeah. So, so how, how, what's your advice? How, how can I do it and not feel like I want to die every time I say it? <laughs> I mean, I think you have to believe in the importance of the thing that you're asking to have be supported, right? Well... I- I believe in the importance of being able to feed my family. Yeah, and but, I'm grateful that people download the podcast. Right. I mean, you're creating a space for people who feel uncomfortable in social situations. You are making them feel more at home in a world that often is really weird and anxiety-ridden, right? But, but may, maybe if I sounded too comfortable asking for the money, they'd think, this guy's a charlatan. He sounds perfectly comfortable I, in this scenario. I don't think so. I mean, if that's, if that's how you want to roll and just like make it weird every time, I respect that. But I think it's totally fair for you to say, hey, obviously you find this valuable literally just because you spend time with it, right? Like time is your most valuable resource. You are spending it listening to me right now because you believe in the thing that I'm making for you. And that is so cool. And I'm so happy to be here. I want to make more for you. Help pay for it. This is, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here (laughs) watching a maestro at work here. And have you thought about any Nerdette merchandise? Oh, yeah. We did give out mugs last year. We gave out mugs and notebooks. And we have buttons and stickers. Are your faces on these things? Oh, no. Because I, 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 so I, uh, there's a podcaster in the UK who started doing T-shirts with his face on them. Wow. And I thought, I don't like walking around with my face on my head. I wouldn't yeah. wish it on anybody no. else's chest. We don't do pictures, actually. We have Lego versions of ourselves that a listener actually sent in. And I think those would be really fun for some merch opportunities. But, yeah, we're not super interested in our faces being on stuff. Like, it's radio, man. That's yeah. like, no, come on. Uh, so, uh, so our Patreon again, um, please. It, if if you want this to continue, I've, I'm still feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
If if you want me to live a life of great opulence, <laughs> no, no, that's not the no, right way to do it. No, it's about the thing you're making. It's not about you and okay. your child. If you think there is any value to what we're doing, um, if you don't donate to Patreon, you're ba- basically saying this is worthless. You are worthless, Jeff. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess that's one okay. way to put it. <laughs> um, go to patreon.com. Stroke adrift. Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, it's just four dollars a month. You can give money to this charity, and then uh, it will just come straight into your bank account. And then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe, and then kill babies and small children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, adrift. So as I mentioned before, I am in Chicago visiting my in-laws for uh, for Thanksgiving, and I would say I'm over here two or three times a, a year. Um, what's your situation? Are you in a long-term relationship? Are you a gun for hire? Are you free and easy? Um, I'm. I'm. A, I guess I'm a gun for gun hire. For, gun for hire. Yeah. So, as as somebody in in a marriage, I feel that I know a disproportionate number of my wife's parents' friends' names. <laughs> And details about them. Like, too too many. I could sit here now and probably quite easily list 15. No kidding. Yeah, there's, wow. you know, there's Bob and Pe- Peggy Lemley, there's Alice and Herb, uh, there's Connie and Bud, and there's uh, there's uh, Bonnie and Abba. And, um, there's, two Bonnies. Yeah, two, but the Bonnies get confusing, actually. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, that multiple is confusing. Bonnies. There's, uh, there's Kathy Robbins. I mean, there are all these people who I know names and details of who... I. I very rarely bumped into because if if I'm over here, maybe I'm going to see some of those people once a year for, right. for a few minutes, and that's that's it. So the reason I mention this is my mother-in-law insisted the other day. She she's a therapist, and once a week she has um, a study group with her friends who are also therapists, Aww. and she insisted that we pop in to this study group oh, with our eighteen-month-old son, yes. so her friends can can see it. So the, the study group was happening at Barbara Bronner's house. Uh-huh. Also, there was Bill Levin, <laughs> and uh, there was Alice and Bonnie, and was there somebody? I think I think I think maybe we're done there. I think that was maybe everybody there. So. I'm trying to be charming. I don't think it's going great for me. <laughs> Mixed results. I think like going over well with Alice and Bonnie, but less so with Bill Levin and, and with Barbara, whose house it is. Mm. Anyway, we, we've been chatting for a few minutes, at which point Barbara's husband comes in. And uh, my mother-in-law says, oh, do you two know each other? And I assume that we don't. So I reach over and I say, hi, Jeff, nice to meet you. At which point he just goes, we've met. <laughs> and turns his back on me. Oh, wow. And... I, I'm feeling bad about myself, but, but in that situation, if I, if anybody doesn't remember me, the first thing I'm trying to do is make them feel better mm-hmm. about not. You know, I'll say I'm, yeah. a, I'm a very forgettable person. This this happens to me all the time, and and yet this guy, I feel is is hurt that I don't remember him, and and then is is punishing me. So I want to <laughs> look at what what is realistic to be expected of somebody and and also what the appropriate way to handle this situation is in this week's The Incident. Normally for The Incident, I use my home studio to elicit a variety of opinions on my dilemma via the phone, Skype and FaceTime. 
This week I'm on holiday at my in-laws for Thanksgiving with only a small audio recorder and because of this, the only guest I have to hand is my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron. I think you misinterpreted what you're calling abruptness. No, no, it was definitely a, a, a hostility there. I'm very good at recognising that. But the trouble is a lot of your friends look the same to me because... Because they're all Jewish ladies. <laughs> exactly, with yeah. White hair. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think that that's just fine. And what, what do you think a reasonable amount of time is to have met somebody for in order for you, them to be expe- for you to be expected to remember them? An hour. Really? Yeah. So you think if you met somebody for an hour two years ago yeah. and you bumped into them, you would be able to remember them? Well, no, I don't have that. I have that face recognition problem. I would only remember them if they told me a story. I had a situation a while ago where I'd had my hair cut and then the next day I bumped into the hairdresser on the street and didn't recognize Oh, them. that happens all the time with supermarket people and... Um, it's sort of like, I know you from somewhere. It almost seems to me like what you're saying there. If somebody's there to serve you, it's okay if you don't remember them. But if you meet them in a social context, you no, have to I'm remember not saying, them. I'm just saying that sometimes people um, forget. And as we discussed earlier today in the car, car, um, <laughs> your memory isn't as good as some. Do you think I will now be bad-mouthed in your social circle for not remembering No, Barbara? you are beloved. In my social circles. Do you Everybody think, wants to meet you. Do you think that I know more of your friends' names than is normal for, for, for a son-in-law? Without a doubt. Why, why is that? You tell me. Like, Can you do the same with your mom and dad? They don't have any friends. My mum has a friend. No, she ha- but your mom <laughs> has mom all has, of <laughs> She does have sisters and brothers, but my mum has a friend and my dad doesn't have any friends. But why, why is a man who lives in a different country and spends... Maybe a couple of visits in the United States a year. Why, why can I name probably a couple of dozen of your friends? Is that abnormal? Are you trying to please me? I don't think so. Are you showing off? No, I just think maybe... I wouldn't worry about it. If you're really concerned, you may have to go into deep psychological treatment about that. Later, when you go for a walk... 
which I would usually drink my way through, mumbling at the side. One of these, however, was a day uh, where we were gifted a recording studio session where our team recorded videos and cover versions of various tracks, hilariously replacing lyrics with ones referring to our company and its products. I'm not a good singer, but I love singing. I was once mistaken for a member of staff at a karaoke bar because I was organising everyone's singing slots with military efficiency. (laughs) Uh, So prancing around in a small room in front of a microphone with a pair of tights stretched over it had been a dream since I saw Band-Aids Do They Know It's Christmas. A couple of years later, I landed a job working for what was then a very cool media company in their digital team. The members of my new team were deeply suspicious of their geeky new manager, so I was at pains to point out how much I was a great fit, uh, how much I was never a great fit at my previous employer, and this was actually my true, cool home. And I confidently added new team members as friends on Facebook. We were doing a lot of work on Facebook, so it's pretty much accepted that you would. About a month into starting, I was walking back to my desk from lunch to find my whole team, there are about 20 of them, uh, and it felt like all of them anyway, hooting and crying with laughter as one of my old software company mates had uploaded a video to Facebook and tagged me. Um, So my new team were now watching footage of me, not only doing monkey-style dancing, clad in uncool software company-branded clothing, but also singing an edited and highly on-brand solo of I'm a Believer with much, much gusto. It's a bit of a blur from there, but I recall sort of throwing myself in front of their screens like they were watching revenge porn of me and literally screaming, no, no, don't watch it. Oh, God, don't watch it. I then frantically messaged the offending ex-college her colleague demanding she remove the video to my gratitude she did but the damage had been done it's about 10 years ago now but about every six months i have random red face recalling their moment my quizzical hey what lols lads expression (laughs) dropped to one of utter horror um i wish i could have reacted to with more good humor and confidence yeah are you uh you on facebook oh yeah and, you know, honestly, hearing this story about the the dance moves, mm. like, I I think you should be careful about who at work you're friends with. I think you've got to go all or nothing, right? No. No. I don't think you do. Because do you not think, well, people are thinking Greta's uppity. She's added such and such on Facebook, but she won't re- she won't accept my request. I, I don't think people are spending that much time thinking about who I'm friends with on Facebook. You know what I mean? I think you would be surprised. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I'm going to try adding you and see what happens. <laughs> okay, give it a shot. <laughs> we'll see, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> if you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. I wanted to talk a bit more about Nerdette before, um, before uh, I, I let you go. Um, what is a good entry episode for somebody who thinks, okay, I want to, I want to give this podcast a go? What's, what's the starting point? That is an excellent question. I would say, so we have done more than 150 episodes at this point over the four years that we've made it. So we have talked to all sorts of different people. I mentioned Will Shorts, the ping pong crossword puzzler. Um, we have also spoken to a whole lot of authors, um, Margaret Atwood is someone we've had on in the past. Catelyn Moran is someone we've had on who's excellent. She's fun, isn't she? She's so much fun. Um, Roxanne Gay, Anna Quinlan. Um, like, I think if you just scroll through, based on what you like, you're guaranteed to find someone who you're interested in and you'd like to hear us talk to. 
I saw there was a recent episode on Muppet Theory. I had no idea there was Oh my a gosh. Theory. I was actually, I wanted to ask you about if you thought of yourself as a chaos Muppet or an order Muppet. I think I'm an order Muppet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, 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 <laughs> I've given this some thought since uh-huh. I knew. So this is, this is a theory that you can divide people mm-hmm. into being like the, the Gonzo characters uh, or the, the Grovers or whoever, these sort of chaotic figures, or the ones who are perhaps a little bit neurotic but centered. Exactly. And, and some, somebody asked me a while ago uh, which Muppet I'm most related to, and I, th- I think it's Kermit. And there's something <laughs> a little bit vanilla about him, but... But, yeah, but he's sweet. He's, he is sweet. So Yeah. Yeah, that was actually with Dolly Lithwick, who's a reporter on the U.S. Supreme Court. Like, that is her beat. She's been a Supreme Court justice reporter for, like, I don't know how many years. But then she just happened to write this piece a couple of years ago about how there are two types of people in the world, or- order Muppets and chaos Muppets. And it is, like, by far the most popular thing she's ever written. It's, like, never going to live her down. So I wonder what her relationship with that is like. She told us this great anecdote about, I can't remember, I guess she was just at work, and a, a Supreme Court justice assistant came up to her and asked her if she would sign something that he had printed out that she had written. And she figured it would be a story on some super impactful decision that, you know, impacted like American law here for and thereafter. But of course it was a printed out page of Muppet Theory. <laughs> like that's just that's just how it is. Um t- talk to me about Trisha. Like what what are what are your roles? How are you different from each other? You know, it's funny because I am an order mop I am an order Muppet and Trisha's a chaos Muppet, but I think when it comes to our roles in the show I am the chaos Muppet and she is the order Muppet. Aha. Like, I think I'm the one who, like, has fun with it and she is the one who is very serious about it. I don't right. know if she would agree with that. I'll, I'm curious to see what she says. And, and how you've been doing the podcast, say, for four years? Four and a half years. And how is your relationship at this point? So the reason we started Nerdette in the first place is because we were both too awkward to tell each other that we wanted to be friends. Oh, this is so So nice. instead we said, let's make a podcast. And is the friendship holding up in spite of the podcast? The friendship is holding up in spite of, yeah, that's a very good way to put that. And yes, the answer is yes. There was actually a brief period of time where she was my power of attorney. Aha. Yeah. So why did you take that away from her? My mom got mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) My mother thought that was inappropriate, which it is. I mean, did you take her out for dinner? Did you ask her how did (laughs) No, she was sitting next to me at the emergency room and the nurse asked and I was like, it's that person. It's, wow. <laughs> um, and do you have the thing that I've, I've had with co-hosts over the years where conversation in real life can, can be a little stilted because you're saving stuff for the, <laughs> saving yes. stuff for the podcast? We will literally say, save it for the microphone. Yeah. Like, we can't talk about this right now. We'll talk yeah. about it later. And you've got the Game of Thrones podcast. Yes. That is on air. I used to do the um, the wrap-up show on, you know, I think you have a show called Talking Thrones yeah. over here. I used to do the British equivalent oh, that's of awesome. that show. Yeah. Um, it started off online and then they put it on the television. And people were tweeting saying, only Sky, which is the channel which broadcasts it over there, only Sky would choose to follow the most expensive program ever made for television <laughs> with the cheapest program ever made for television. It was really... Uh, I didn't last very long once it transferred to television. <laughs> they would cut somebody better looking and more professional. Um, do, you, do, you, do you get sick of people telling you that they don't watch Game of... making a point of telling you that they don't watch Game of Thrones? I'm okay with that because I actually would have stopped watching Game of Thrones if it weren't for the recaps. At what point would you have stopped? It was the end of season four, and I was like, I don't know, man. 
I could take or leave this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you glad that you stuck with it, though? Or you feel like each your time? I, yes, I am glad that I stuck with it. I mean, the recaps has been so much fun. But in general, I'm the person among the three of us who kind of plays the hater. I'm the one who's like, really, guys? Like, that's kind of boring. Okay. Do you have a character you most relate to? Who do I have a character I most relate to? No. Because I, I have a theory that anybody who doesn't say Sam has an inflated opinion of themselves. <laughs> That's a really... Sam is one of the best. I want him to save the day. I want yeah. it to be like a Neville Longbottom style. Yes. So do you have a theory on what, what will happen? No, I don't. No. I mean... Your past care... I can tell. Yeah, I past, cross my arms again. Your past caring. Yeah. No, I'm I'm along for the ride, but I don't... I don't want to spend that much time thinking about it, you know? So, yeah, people who tell me that they don't watch, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> like, way to avoid all of society yeah. telling you you should participate in this thing about a bunch of white people. Yeah. I should I should leave you to it, Greta. People can find you on Twitter. Um, you're indiscriminate who, about who you will accept as a Twitter follower. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, we're not got a Facebook situation Yeah, don't Facebook there. me. And the <laughs> new episode of Nerdette comes out on Friday. Yes. And that was our podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Greta Johnson. And the next thing you should do is to listen to the Nerdette podcast. It's really smart and funny and interesting. And Greta and her co-host Trisha are brilliant. So go into your podcast app and subscribe now. There is a new episode of Nerdette every Friday. I'd love to hear from you if you have something on any of the subjects that Greta and I talked about earlier. Pretending to know what you're doing, shyness is nice, blurting stuff out, the lengths you've gone to to avoid something or someone, social interactions gone awry, all the usual stuff. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. My advisor for this special Thanksgiving edition was my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron of Highland Park, Illinois. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox made our idents. Iwana Babu and Patrick Gunning provided technical support. Carla Gowlett took the photos and Kim Rainey designed our artwork. If you enjoyed the podcast, then show your appreciation by donating to our Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. We've filled a chunk of your time. Your time is valuable. So show us just how valuable it is by showing us the money. I mean, come on, you squander your money on all kinds of junk. Shame on you if you don't give some of it to us. Finally, thanks again to Greta for teaching me how to ask for money in a more effective way. Adrift. Okay, so a change of location for the podications. I am no longer in the studios of WBEZ.
in Chicago. I am back with my mother-in-law in her basement. Hi. S- Hi, we're sitting sitting on the bed, cross-legged like a pair of hippies or something. We are hippies. Um, and Old it, hippies. Do you want to describe our environs to the podcast listener? Well, yes, our environs are very much a reflection of um, our family over the past 30 Eight years. There's pictures of our son, Sam, and our daughter, Sarah. Sam is your favorite. Sam is my favorite because he lives close to me. But also looking at the pictures, historically he seems to have been your favorite. because there No, are, there are there more, more of, of Sarah, don't you think? Well, if there are more of Sarah, there are certain, certainly more prominence than the ones of Sam. Perhaps, yes, perhaps. Yes. But look, at there's Sarah on the, on the uh, cover of the Highland Park News. Why was she on the front of the Highland Park News? God knows, but she, see her? She's got a, the pom-pom. I do see that, yes. And then there's Sam on another cover, but also... And, and neither of these are bad things. Neither of them were juvenile delinquents or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. I won't tell you about the juvenile delinquency because you'll lose all your <laughs> all your listeners. And also we have a big map of the world mm-hmm. so we can see wherever... Do you have a pin, Jeff? I don't think pin? so. So Lynn has a map of the world in her basement here, and um, she she has pins in it for different members of the family, each one represented by a different colour, and then you can see where they've been in the world, and it includes herself and her husband Joe and my wife Sarah and Sarah's brother Sam and Sam's wife Sarah White's, but it doesn't seem like you've given me my own pin. No, I Sarah think White's. Been- Sarah White's gets her own pin. but Sarah I White's has her own pin. She's here more often, but let's do this at the end of the podcation. We'll what? get you a pin. Really? Yes. Okay, well, th- there's an incentive to crack on then. Um, so the first one comes from Toby in Brighton, who says, Ciao, Jeff and Annabelle. Ciao. Ciao. So I used to listen to you on the radio station, and then occasionally I would Google you to see if you were podcasting yet, and two days ago I discovered a drift. I have now binge-listened 12 episodes in 48 hours, and I'm surprisingly not that sick of you. I don't think that is that that many. So 48 hours, two days. So you spent probably in the region of five hours a day. That was a good math problem that you did. I think that is too much for anybody. No, I think she's a very good woman Um, and loyal. Well, this this is a man. This is Toby. Toby is a man, a man's name in Britain. Yeah. Oh, not here. (laughs) Um, Toby says, I'd like a publication for my wife, Hannah. Firstly, because I've recruited her as a drifter, as she is more socially awkward than I am, but mainly as it's her half-birthday on the 23rd of November, which is the day that this podcast... In fact, it's the day after the podcast comes out, isn't it? Look at you checking your watch. I'm not checking my watch, I'm checking the date. Well, whatever you're doing, you're certainly making a lot of rattling noise on that microphone. We can hear the tumble dryer going in the background. Shall I turn off the dryer? It's too late now. It's too, we're too far Well, it in. makes it more homey, don't you think? It does, it does. It paints a picture of where we are in this dank... But it's not dank, actually. There's no dankness. It's, it's OK. Here's something that's um, troubling to me. You have two double beds set up down here. What, you mean the ones we're sitting in? We're sitting on a double bed now, and over in the other corner of the basement, there's another double bed. Right. This isn't for when you and your husband, Joe, get into your wife swapping things with your friends, Connie it and is. Bud, is it? It is, but it I, is. I wish you hadn't brought it's that up. It's why you do your swinging. <laughs> um, it's because that's the best mattress in the house And when we got rid of it in your wife's bedroom uh-huh. I couldn't stand to throw it out Oh, So, it's so wasteful it, You're hoarding it I'm hoarding okay. I'm hoarding um, 
Anyway, should we, should we get back to Toby's thing? He says, yes. I have been trying to make my half birthday a thing for the last few years, but to no success. So I feel as if I make lots of big gestures on her half birthday, she'll be uh, obliged to make it a thing for mine. This is a smart man. Getting her a card and present last year was not enough, so I'm resorting to more extreme measures, such as a podication. I actually think you've you've gone into reverse here. I think this is less impressive. I, I disagree, but, um, but then I have a thing for my children. Also, I signed up to your Patreon account, mainly so that I could get a title. I was thinking of requesting a knighthood, as I like the sound of Sir Toby, but I thought a lordship would be better, as, uh, as then that automatically makes my wife a lady, and that's the sort of half-birthday present that stands out from the crowd. Hope you can help with this, as I think you are my last hope on this matter. Thanks, Toby and Brighton. So, firstly, I don't allocate the titles. Annabelle does that, and um, I, I don't think she's been keeping on top of it, as well as... Um, nursing a newborn, which I think is remiss of her. I, no, I think I think she gets a pass for a bit. I have not received a title either. You're feeling quite aggrieved by this about this. No, your husband, I'm, I'm cutting her some slack because your she's husband got a has a title. But my you husband don't. has a title. What is it? Is he like High Sea Lord Admiral or something? Yes, like I don't that? even yes. know what that yeah, is. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, certainly, as far as I'm concerned, you can be Sir Toby, and um, and um, Hannah can be. Lady, I don't know what your surname is now. I've not got it to hand. Um, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you, you can tell her she is officially a lady. She might not be a lady, but she's all woman and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I, think, I think that's everything addressed in that. You're a fan of the hearth birthday. I know that you like to celebrate our son whenever he has a, whenever he clocks up another a month. month birthday. A you'll month you'll birthday. celebrate it. So you approve of the hearth birthday. What song is this from? A very merry birthday. To you, to oh, you. Oh, is it from Alice in Wonderland? Yes. There we go. Although this is not the half birthday. No, it's an unbirthday. Um, okay, I think everything's dealt with there. Let's move on to the next one, which comes from Kerry, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, I hope Annabelle and baby Rudy are flourishing well, and Jeff, you're doing commendably without your trusty podcaster in crime. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I really feel like it. So, firstly, I think Greta was great as a co-host, as has everybody been on the previous episodes. But um, it's not—it's just not the same without Annabelle, is it? It's just no, not it's the not same. the same. I don't feel like I've had something amputated. I'm not sure what. Like your th- better half? No, no, no I don't no. think so. Um, I d- I d- what I feel almost almost like an arm is missing. Maybe not an arm. An arm. Maybe a forearm. Do you have phantom limb? Syndrome with Phantom Lynn, you are my Phantom Lynn. Phantom Limba. Um, anyway, thank you, thank you for, for your kind comments. Annabelle would have crossed all that out with a biro if she had been here. Um, you're really doing a lot of rattling with that microphone. Lady. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm trying to sit still. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm um, a failure, which <laughs> makes this the perfect place for me. That's right. Um, I have a cringeworthy story to go with a shout-out to myself, Ted, my trusty dog, and Showy and Nog, the cats, don't ask. It's been a hard year, blah, 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 and no bugger else will shout-out for us. When I was... F- will you stop with all that? What are, you, what are you waving your arm around for? You, do you want to turn it off? I think it's bothering well, Let me hold this microphone, and you go and turn it off. I'm just going to fiddle with Lynn's microphone, see if there's any... Wa- I think it's see, I'm holding it, and it's not making a funny noise. It's something that you're doing... 
There we go. So I don't know if you could hear the tumble dryer going on the podcast, but it's stopped now. So let's see with that gone if Link can hold the microphone. Look, you're holding it like, see that? that? It's like a pistol grip, right? I, oh, well, I would know that. Like that. You're an American. You all have American. guns. I know about guns. I Multiple have, I guns. have 12. <laughs> um, where were we up to? When I was five, says Kerry, I had the most massive first crush on a boy at my school in Bristol, Nicholas, surname redacted. Who was your first crush then in, in elementary His school? His name was George. Into the microphone. His name was George. And, uh, and I had a little song. I was in second grade or third grade, and I would walk around the playground, and I would sing, Oh, Oh, George, I love you. I hope you love me, too. And he, he changed schools because he was so disturbed by I don't it. know if he ever knew. Because she sang it inaudibly. No, I just sang it around, walking around the playground all by myself. Hoping that he would hear you. Yeah, no, hoping he would notice me. Mm. And do you ever sing an edited version of that song to your husband, Joe, sing, replacing George with Joe? No. But still, a long marriage, how many years? 47 and a half. That's, that's great. You're sort of in too deep now, really, is the thing, isn't it? Pardon me? In too deep to do anything about it. Um, where were we up to here? Oh, yeah. Um, Nicholas in Bristol. After, oh, Eventually, after a while of fancying him, I was invited round to tea. My excitement levels at this time were borderline uncontrollable. I put on a pretty dress and my mum took me round to his house. Oh. Despite my tender age, I was besotted. Anyway, we all settled down on comfy cushions in the lounge and then, after something probably very unfunny that Nicholas said, I peed myself on the cushion. Oh, my God. I was mortified and stayed sat in the wet spot until the last possible minute until tea. I then continued the evening smelling of pee and aware that his mum had seen the wet patch uh, and had sniffed it. Um, and understandably, I was never invited for tea again. I'm still mortified. I'm now 44 to 45 on the 20th of December. Anyway, I think there's something off about a woman who sniffs the pee of a guest. The mother. The boyfriend's mother. The boy's mother sniffed the pee. Okay, let me give you a hypothetical. There's a wet patch on your settee. Do you think, oh, I wonder what that is? I'm not saying so, so. Firstly, I don't think this should have happened. With I don't think Kerry should have been unaware of it. But I think if you've got a, a wet patch on an item of furniture, well, she didn't do. Why did she do it in front of that? The girl? That's the problem, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. yes. I mean, what? Who is the kind of person who makes that worse rather than better? That, that mother. Mm. And I'm sorry, but I think like. Whatever was going on with that mother, it would have ended on being passed on to the son. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't know what, what happened to him, Nicholas, as he grew up, but I think he, at the very least he would have been dealing with some mother issues. I think. That you and, wouldn't and want on your plate anyway, no, Carrie. No, no, so. Carrie's in good, in good shape. With the, uh, with the cats and the dog. Because she can express it, and she wrote about it. Yes. Um, anyway, I've taken enough of your time. If I'm lucky enough to get a podication, I'd appreciate no surname shaming. When I did it, I, I took out both your surname, Kerry, and Nicholas's, which, because I'm very sensitive about these things, as long as I read them in advance. There's quite often the case that I will read out somebody's surname, and then at the end it will get to a bit saying, please take out my surname, and by that stage we're in too deep. Um, the final podication comes from Becky... It comes from Becky... Hang on. Becky. Bell. 
not my most spirited. Jeff? Yes. Why are you making that sound? It doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's a Is long... that a private joke with you and Annabeth? No, I'll be honest. I started doing it once and I can't quite remember why, but I can't stop myself now. Is it always from that Becky? Yeah. Oh. Who says, uh, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hi, Becky. Tis I, Dame Becky. <laughs> you all right over there? A moment. <coughs> could it. you, you, could you explain to your listeners that I'm recovering from a cold? Everybody's been very poorly. Lynn has had such an extreme cold that at least two nights in a row, she called the pharmacist at uh, almost 10 o'clock at night just to you know, ask a few questions about medication. Steve. Because that's a very normal thing to do, to be on first name terms <laughs> with a pharmacist and to be calling them at nearly 10 o'clock on a weekend. That's perfectly normal. Nothing weird mm, about that. I'm not weird. Okay. Um, look at me, all fancy with my title, Annabelle bestowed on me. See, Becky is oh. a dame. A dame. Mm. There is nothing like a dame. Yeah. Um, despite, despite greatly enjoying the new podcast, as well as 40% of my Facebook notifi- notifications consisting of Jeff promoting it, I've held <laughs> off writing in. Look, I, I hate myself for doing all these tweets and Facebook notifications, status updates about the podcast, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to earn a dollar. That's all I'm trying to do. I know. When I was on the radio, it was their problem, not mine. Should I make a pitch, get you off my payroll? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really that was sorry. a joke no I know but I, I'm genuinely sorry to anybody who's annoyed by the amount of tweeting and Facebook posting I do about the podcast but I've got to got to try and grow this thing well, did she say she was annoyed she didn't say no, she but was I think annoyed it, I think it was implied it was implied it was implied the annoyance was implied um, Becky's saying I'm trying not to overdo it as I feel I've done in the past I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't Overdo think Becky's what? Over, the podications. No. I think like, it's good to hear from you and Becky. You know, We shouldn't have favourites, but you are one of our favourites. Why are you looking at me like that? There was, there was an incident with Becky where I recommended a Do particular tell. restaurant and, and they, didn't go, they didn't go there. Why? I don't know. I don't, there was some explanation offered some months ago, but you know, all I remember was the initial slight or the perceived slight at least. Um, however, hearing the listener location stats you read last week gave me someone to podicate to. After saying San Francisco was the most likely place to find American listeners, you then said Avondale and Goodyear were also up there. Wait, what? There are more listeners in the Phoenix area. No way. I am in Chandler in the East Valley. And Goodyear and Avondale are on the west side. Of what S- state? Where is Avondale? Phoenix is Arizona, isn't it? Phoenix? But where's Avondale? But if she's in Phoenix, I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing these places are also in Arizona, right? I don't know. I never heard of those towns. So I'd like to say a big hello to any and all fellow drifters in the area. We should have a meet-up. Um, by the way, I loved how you pronounced Avondale, the way you say Avon in England. We say Avon, like the A in Gatwick. Oh, so like Avondale, you'd call it. I would call it Avondale. What would you call it? Avondale. Lynn loves any kind of cultural difference or a linguistic difference. Oh, let me you ask can't you this... get enough of it, can you? Wait, let me ask you. Never what is a hob or a hub? A hub? Yeah. It's, They're in all these Airbnbs when the, I come it's, for It's the burner a on the stove. A burner? The burners. You know the stove? Yeah, I do know what a you stove is. You know the, the burners on the top of the yes. stove? That's the hob. We don't have a word in English for that. Well, you do. I just said it. It's burner. Oh. <laughs> or stovetop. <laughs> um, 
sorry, I have no idea how to explain that, says Becky. Also, your way sounds fancier. I am fancy. Okay, enough with my needless rambling, but I'm serious about the meetup. Well, firstly, Becky, that... That was very brief. I've always enjoyed your email. And if you are getting into some kind of neurotic thing, worrying that you've written overly long email in the past, then don't, because I always enjoy your correspondence. But yes, if you are a fellow drifter in Avondale or Goodyear and you'd like to get in touch with Becky, then let me know and I'll, I'll somehow hook you up. Um, the latest edition of the podcast, Pardicated 2, um, any drifters in the vicinity of Becky? I didn't know Becky was American. Yeah, she, you know that now. You know where she should eat if she comes to Chicago. Is Let's it the, do a plug. Is it the Fat Shallot? It's a Fat Shallot. Right. Yeah. Um, which which location? Well, I personally like Revival because they have air conditioning and heat. They don't do the fries at Revival, though. Yeah, that's a problem. The chili fries are they're very good, the spicy fries. Is that what you had today? That the spicy Oh, not very the good. truffle flies. No, I'm a, I'm a spicy guy. Um, Kerry and uh, Ted the dog and Showy and Nog the cats. And also to Hannah, happy half-birthday from your wonderful husband. What a great marriage you have where half-birthdays are a thing. Uh, that's Toby in Brighton. Um and that's the latest podcast. And half birthday? Half birthday. You mean half? Half, half. 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 And um, if you are listening to this in America, as a, a sizable proportion of people appear to be doing, then I would like to wish you happy Thanksgiving for oh, tomorrow. Oh, thoughtful, Jeff. No, uh, Thursday, Jeff. Yes, but the podcast comes out on Wednesday, and we're recording this on Monday. Oh, so, did I just yeah. blow something? No, I think people understand it's not live. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, but yes, I hope you have a happy holiday. We will be doing so here in Highland Park, Illinois. The Lemleys will be here. Peggy will have baked her pies. Pies, three pies. What, pumpkin, pecan, pecan and pumpkin and apple with whipped cream. Oh, oh. She bakes a good pie, that woman. Oh, she bakes a great pie. And Lynn will be putting on a delicious Thanksgiving feast, aided well, and abetted by her son, Sam, of the Fat Shallot Do you know truck. half of our people, more than half? Are you mean half? Half are vegetarian. Is that right? Yes, I think. Oh, so we got Norman, your friend Norman we is coming. we got you and Sarah and Norman yeah. and Eugene. And yeah. Natalie won't be eating turkey because right. she doesn't feel great. Natalie's and, uh, Sarah's grandmother, Eugene's great-grandmother. Norman is a friend like of the turkey. family. He's an interesting character, yeah. isn't he? Yes. And I don't like turkey, so I'm not going to eat turkey. You're not. Lynn will often say to me, Jeff, the longer I know you, the the less I feel like eating meat. I just don't like meat anymore. And then in the next <laughs> sentence, she'll say, I had a delicious brisket yesterday. <laughs> like you say these things just I'll to I'll only favor. have brisket on Hanukkah. On Hanukkah. Hanukkah. With some challah bread. With challah bread. All right. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans in America and to everybody else, because I'm a firm believer of it. we should all just get to celebrate everybody else's holidays. Absolutely. And then that way we would never have to do any work. We would just always be on holiday. Oh, that's good. I was is, thinking, and it would reduce yeah. the outbreak of war well, all over that the world. Well, that too. Do you have a Thanksgiving message for your... Uh, for your, for your fans, Lynn? I'm very, very grateful for my wonderful family and my wonderful friends and that Jeff and Sarah and Eugene flew across the ocean to be with us. And um, it's a wonderful life. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.